We thank you for your word. We thank you for all that you want to say to us today. May we have receptive hearts. Lord, we pray that you would once again graciously speak through your Holy Spirit to each individual here this morning. Lord, would you grant us the knowledge of your presence with us. Lord, would you pour out your Spirit within us once again. Fill us afresh. Fill us anew as we've just sung. That we might be the kind of people you call us to be and make a difference in this needy world today. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. (coughs) I want to read to you just a, a sentence or two from a newspaper cutting. It says this, For a long time, it has seemed as if Christianity has lost its power to appeal to the modern man. Many have blamed the gospel, but is not the reason to be found in the souls of men? The soil needs breaking up. It needs some experience that will cut through the skin of our complacency our shallow thinking, our easy-going lives. Taken from the British Weekly, December the 5th, 1940. That could have been written yesterday, couldn't it? 1940, they were saying that Christians were complacent. Isn't that sad? And I think we live in an age where the church needs to get up and get on the move once again. Be excited about our faith. I wonder if you remember the song, if you're a football fan like me, 1978, We're on the March with Ali's Army. <laughs> All the Scots football fans know it. And wasn't We're on the March with Ali's Army. Uh, we're off to the Argentine. Uh, we're going to win the cup and we'll really shake them up because we're the greatest team there's ever been. And the sad thing was we believed it. <laughs> You know, in 1978, we were going to win the World Cup. Ali McLeod. And we've got Ali McLeod here this morning, but a different one. But Ali McLeod, he was going to take this team to win the World Cup. And they were off and everyone was cheering and enthusiastic about it. And then we met that well-known, famous football team, Peru. (laughs) You know, I can't remember if we drew or lost to them. But we just did pathetic. We were absolutely pathetic and came home with uh, heads held low rather than high. And, uh, but they were going, this team were going on an adventure. They were going on a journey. They were going to the World Cup. Do you think they would rather have not gone? I don't think so. Even though they lost, even though they went through a bit of a hard time, I still think they were glad they went on that journey and went on that adventure. I think they'd rather go and risk disappointment than not able to go at all. And you see, I believe as Christians, it's time that we stood up and were bold in our faith and maybe took risks at times, risking even to fail in some way of witnessing to our neighbour. And we maybe mess up and we get the words all wrong. But isn't it better to do something than to sit back and do nothing and be apathetic? I believe that we need to be on the move with God, And that's what I want to share about this morning <coughs> from this passage in Exodus 12 when God told his people it's time to get on the move. 
It's time. We've been there for so long. But now is the time. What about you this morning? Are you standing still? Or are you moving on? Are you fearful of moving out of your comfort zone? That God may be asking you to do something. You say, no, I'd rather stay where I am in my comfort zone. Have you been stuck for a while in the same place as a Christian? If you're a Christian. Just going through the motions. Trying hard to give the impression that things are fine. When somebody says, how are you today? And we'll say, I'm fine. That's the favorite answer quite often. But really deep down you know you're struggling. And you've been standing still maybe for weeks or months or even years. You got stuck in that place of disappointment or failure. That time when life just became hard and despair began to set in. You become so accustomed to feeling this way, it's become normal now. And you just go through the motions and you come to church because you know that's what you should do. But it's not exciting anymore. And the enemy has persuaded you, this is as good as it gets. And you've just become content with your situation. And you've resigned yourself maybe to living this mediocre kind of life. This is how it seemed to be for most of the Israelites at this time. If you go back to chapter 6 and verse 5 to 9, let me just read these verses. Exodus 6, verse 5 to 9. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant, God says. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them and will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with mighty acts of judgment. I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. And I will bring you to the land I swore with uplifted hand to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. Moses reported this to the Israelites. But they did not listen to him because of their discouragement and cruel bondage. Yes, life was tough for them. Life was hard under the Egyptians. It was discouraging, it was depressing. And people found it hard to even imagine being set free from their situation. But God made a promise to his people. And he said, I will lead you. Is that how you feel this morning? Do you feel trapped, enslaved, bound by a situation that you found yourself in? Desperately wanting to be free and enjoy life. But somehow you just can't move on. Our daughter was learning to drive about a year ago now, and uh, I only took her out once. That was enough for her, never mind for me. I'm not very patient when it comes to that sort of thing. But I took her out. One of the problems she had was not letting the handbrake off. You know, when you first learn to drive, there's so many things to think about. And uh, she says, the car's not accelerating very much, and so I went down and put the handbrake off. And of course, the car just zoomed away after that. And uh, it takes time. But you see, I wonder if sometimes that's how our lives are going along. We've got the handbrake on. 
we're frightened, frightened of things and so we, we just come to a halt and a stop. It's as though the handbrake's fixed on and it won't release. Maybe you've had some major disaster in your life. Maybe you've gone through a devastating time in your life and it just seems life came to a stop. And there's three things I want to say this morning from this passage in Exodus uh, chapter 12. Firstly, discouragement is something that can so easily prevent us from moving on in our Christian walk and Christian life. Discouragement can halt progress so often. And it's so easy to get discouraged and down, isn't it? The people here in in Exodus 12 had grown accustomed to this way of life and couldn't consider the possibility of being free. Well, it had been 430 years after all. They got used to life like this. I remember, I think between the ages of about 8 and 16 years of age, uh, I used to go to the same place on my holidays every year. My parents would get the tent out of the attic and we'd go up to Glencoe and Fort William and Inverness and then Loch Inver. The same tour every year. You know, I, I knew exactly how long we'd stop for so many days here and so many days there. And we just did the same thing every year. And so it came as a great shock when I got to 17 and they went somewhere different. I couldn't believe it. Suddenly we're going somewhere else. What's happening? What's going on? Because they got so used to, accustomed to doing the same things. And often we are creatures of habit, aren't we? We sometimes like to do the same things. But how things can change around us in 430 years, or even sometimes in a couple of years, how things can change. The world seems to change and move on so quickly these days. Computers rapidly advancing. I used to teach computer studies in the early 70s and it was paper tape and punched cards in those days. It's changed so much just in that comparatively short time. Cars have changed so much. Mobile phones, fashion. There's something now called RFID which is Radio Frequency Identification. And I was reading it in a magazine the other week that soon you're going to be able to go with your shopping trolley uh, through the checkout and they'll scan the whole trolley at once and it'll pick up every item that's in your trolley by this RFID so you won't have to scan each one at a time isn't the world moving along so fast technologically and in other ways but I want to ask you this morning how quickly is the church moving are we moving on are we advancing the kingdom of God Are we looking to see what God wants to do in our world, in our community around us? George Berwer changed words to that well-known hymn, Onward Christian Soldiers. And here's the words he put to these, uh, the words he changed it to. Backward Christian soldiers, fleeing from the fight, with the cross of Jesus nearly out of sight, Christ our rightful master, Stands against the foe, but forward into battle, we are loath to go. Like a mighty tortoise moves the church of God. Brothers, we are treading where we've often trod. We are much divided, many bodies we, having different doctrines, not much charity. Crowns and thrones may perish, kingdoms rise and wane, but the church of Jesus hidden does remain. 
gates of hell should never against that church prevail. We have Christ's own promise, but think that it might fail. Sit here then, ye people, join our useless throng, blend with ours your voices in a feeble song. Blessings, ease and comfort, ask from Christ the King. With our modern thinking, we won't do a thing. Is that more like the church today? Or is the church more like the original words that says, Onward Christian soldiers, marching us to war with the cross of Jesus? I wonder if that's what we're like. When individual Christians get discouraged, and that's usually because we're looking at our own needs, and we become bound in some way, it inevitably affects the rest of the church. And we need to be encouragers. Too often I hear in churches around the country, people being critical and discouraging one another. And as Christians, we need to build one another up, the Bible says. Encourage one another. When we read about Moses, when God called him at 80 years of age, and Aaron, his brother, was 83 years of age, Moses was a reluctant leader, and you can probably understand reasons why that is. But God knew he was the man he wanted to use to lead his people. So age isn't a factor when it comes to God calling you. It doesn't come into it. God can use anyone at any age, at any stage in their life. God knew who he wanted to use. And Moses and Aaron had to trust him and allow God to guide them through their lives and have to take risks at times. He had to speak up on behalf of the people. And that must have been terrifying for Moses as a leader at times. And so discouragement can sometimes halt our progress. Are you discouraged this morning because of a situation? Because of something you're going through at work? Because of a family situation that you're encountering just now? Have you become discouraged? Well, God wants to lift you up and lead you on. The second thing is disappointment. We can sometimes be disappointed. Even though God had promised to deliver his people, they had to wait 430 years. That was a long time. They must have begun to think, well, maybe God's forgotten his promise. And sometimes when uh, Moses went to Pharaoh, it seemed to antagonize Pharaoh as he asked to let the people go. It sometimes seemed that things were made worse rather than better. And Moses maybe wasn't popular with the people at times. But he knew what God wanted him to do and he was faithful to God. You can read in chapter 5 and verse 23, it seemed that things got worse. How would the people believe what Moses was going to say to them now when things seemed to get worse with Pharaoh rather than better? I don't know about you, but I, sometimes when I read God's word, I wonder... Why weren't they set free the first time Moses asked? When Moses asked Pharaoh to let the people go, why, would, why didn't God say, uh, persuade, uh, uh, allow the people to go at that time? Maybe because the people needed to trust God more. And you see, maybe you're praying for a situation now, and you're asking God to help you in some situation, 
And it seems that God is not answering your prayer. And you become disappointed with God. But maybe God is just trying to draw you closer. To say, will you trust me more? Because there's things I've got ahead for you. There's plans I have for you. There may be times when we just don't understand what God is doing. But we need to trust and remember his promises to us. I will be with you. I will lead you. I will guide you. I will direct you. Are you struggling just to know what God is wanting you to do at this time? I was reading about a minister who was uh, having tea at a farmer's house in the country. And uh, when suddenly he was chatting to the farmer and his wife, and suddenly the children ran into the house. Mum, they shouted, Mum, 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 we've trapped the rat. Is it dead? She asked a bit nervously and anxiously of, of the little boy and his sister when they came in. Oh, it's dead, all right, said the young boy. We beat it and beat it and beat it until suddenly he saw the minister sitting in the corner. And so did his sister. And his sister very quickly said, Until the Lord called it home. sometimes we know all the right words to say at the right times we can use all the right phrases we've got the jargon because we like me I was brought up in the church since I was born so I knew all the right words to say but in my heart is it right with God today that's the important thing not just things we say not just singing hymn words but it's doing what God wants us to do can I urge you Seek God with all your heart. Not just come to church on a Sunday. Not just go to a a midweek group. But to truly on your own seek God and ask Him what His will for your life is. Whatever age you are, He still has a purpose for you. And a plan for you. I long for more of God. To move into new pastures. Which sometimes can actually be scary. You know, I've sometimes said, what if the Lord called me to go to India or Africa? I know my wife would be anxious about the beasts. That would be the one worry for her. What beasts do they have in these countries? But I wonder what you would do if God called you today. I I never thought when I sat up there, I can't work out how many years ago it is now, when I was about 12 or 13, 14 year old and I sat up there, I never knew what God had ahead for me. I had no idea what his plan was for me. But I remember at 21 year old, I remember praying, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do at 21. Lord, I'll go anywhere. Whatever you want me to do, just take me and use me. I I don't have any great gifts or talents. I, I don't know what I can do, but I'm willing to go. And you know, it was 10 years later that God called me to be a youth pastor in Whitley Bay Baptist Church. Ten years of waiting for God to answer that prayer. And yet, during that time, there were so many things in these ten years I had to learn before God could let me loose, even with young folk. Ten years, God had to gnaw away at me, chip off some of these things that needed to be rid of out of my life. And so, if you're seeking after God for something in your life, Maybe he's chipping away at things 
He's maybe saying to you, get rid of that out of your life so I can use you more. Do you know, for the past few years as a church in Selkirk, we've been praying about church premises. And sometimes I've just not known what God's been doing. Sometimes we've gone in this direction and suddenly the door's closed and he's taken us in a new direction. It's a wonderful adventure, but it's frightening as well at times. And having the responsibility of being a leader in the church, of trying to encourage folk to go in the direction that God wants us to go, we need to keep close to God to know what God is saying to us and how he is leading us. Only he can bring salvation to the lost in Selkirk and in Edinburgh. We need to seek him with all our heart and pray for that fresh outpouring of his spirit upon his church again to gain a fresh confidence in his word and trust completely in his strength, not in our own abilities or our own strength, but trust in him. You may have been despairing over prayers seemingly not being answered, over saying, just as I said to the Lord, I want to be used by you, and somehow the opportunities aren't coming. Can I just say, hang in there, because God will answer that prayer. And he will use you. He came to these people when? During the night. An unexpected time. Suddenly, suddenly deliverance came. The answer came. The promise was fulfilled. That's the last thing this morning. Is deliverance. God wants to set us free. Maybe this week... God is going to change your situation. Maybe this week God is going to answer that prayer you've been looking for an answer for for a while. But it's in God's time. God will move us on in His time. Just as He moved these people after 430 years, God moved them on. At a seemingly unexpected time. And it's now time to move on to the place God has prepared for them. And he wanted to free them from the bondage of the Egyptians. But as you read through the rest of Exodus, you will find that incredible, amazing journey that they go on. And all the highs and lows during that journey. And our life is like that journey, where there are highs and lows. But God wants to set you free this morning to move on in that journey. They're told to hurry. When it's time to move, in God's time, we need to move. Don't hesitate. Don't procrastinate. Get on and move when God says move. If, if my wife and I are visiting people, and Gail will sometimes say, we better get going now, then I know I can sit still for another five or ten minutes probably, because it takes that long to say your goodbyes and get everything ready. But I'm the opposite. If I say go, I'm out the door and people wonder where I've gone. I said, I better go now, you know, and I'm up and off, That's, and we're all different. But I believe when God speaks and says, it's time to go, it's time to move, then we need to do it. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that I accepted the opportunity to go and serve God as a youth pastor in Whitley Bay. I'm so glad I did that. There was times it was terrifying. There was times, and there's times today, I am amazed that God can use me. 
because I'm not the greatest educated person. I don't have any special abilities or talents. But I just believe God asked me to do something. And I was willing to do it. And that's all God asks for, is a willingness of heart. He looks for willing servants. And He will equip you. That's why we sung that song early on in the, in the service. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Now let the weak say, I am strong. It seems crazy to us in a modern society today that weakness can be used more than strength. But that's what God says. When you're weak, it means you have to rely on me. When I was preparing to come here this week, I recognized my weakness and my inability. And I have to trust in God's ability and His strength to fulfill His task. And I just finish by saying, some of you here today, I'm sure, will have hurts. Some will have deep pain in your life. Some will have heavy hearts. You're not excited about things. Some maybe feel rejected, struggling to deal with failure or a broken relationship. Or you can't seem to be free of anger or a habitual sin in your life. And things that have held you back for some time now and prevented you moving on in your life and knowing God better and trusting Him more and stepping out in faith. Today, I believe God is asking you to hand these things over to Him. Hand that situation over to Him completely because He's dealt with these things. He wants to give you freedom. He wants to deliver you from bondage that sometimes we are put in. He wants you to experience new things and be free and move on in your life. I don't know what it is you're going through, but God does. And that's why I can just trust Him, because He wants to help you. No matter what I say, my words are feeble, but God's words are powerful. And it's Him that we need to trust and trust completely will you continue to stay in that place or will you move on and take hold of all that God has for you you may be finishing or just finished college or university and you may be wondering what God wants to do with your life well trust him you may just have retired early from your employment and wonder what you're going to do with all this time God can use you in mighty ways. He just looks for willingness. That's all he asks, is that we'd be willing servants, listening to his voice, obeying his voice. John chapter 8 and verse 36 says this, So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Maybe you've been coming here for a while. Maybe it's your first time. And you just haven't understood really what it means to be a Christian and have your sins forgiven. That's why Jesus came, to set us free from our sin and give us life with a capital L. Sometimes I think as Christians, we don't enjoy life as much as we're meant to. God wants us to enjoy life in all its fullness, John 10, 10 says. I've come that you might have life in all its fullness. And so we have cause to rejoice 
Because He wants to free us from our sin. He wants to free us from these things that hold us back. And He wants to take us on this adventure of a lifetime. Just as He led these people out of Egypt, into new pastors, and led them on this journey, which was a tough journey at times, He wants to take us through this life on this journey. But we need to trust Him every step of the way. I don't know what God's going to do in Selkirk Baptist Church. I just have to do my part. I don't know what God's going to do here in Charlotte Baptist Chapel. All I know is you have to do your part and seek God with all your heart and trust Him and allow Him to have His way here in your life and in this church. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Don't be bound by circumstances or situations. Let God set you free and lead you on. My prayer is that God will use each one of you. Whether it's here in Edinburgh or some other place or some other part of the world, my prayer is you'll allow God to use you every day because we are the church that's God's instrument to reach out to people to your neighbours when did you last share the good news with one of your neighbours when did you last invite someone to come to church we need to be active excited about our faith because we have good news and we need to give thanks to God with a grateful heart I pray that we'll get up and get on the move when God calls us that we'll be willing to move on with him. I, the Lord, 